Okay. And we're good. Let's hit it. All right. Yo, you're listening to Two Not-So-Rad Dads, a weekly podcast about two dads who live on the same block and all the shit they deal with on a daily basis. We will discuss our struggles as parents and what it's like raising boys in today's society. We also talk about struggling to connect with your conservative parents and what to make for dinner this week. Yes, that is true. We'll share our favorite ways to keep our kids out of our hair and why parlays are always the way to bet. We do this and a whole lot more while smoking weed together in a garage. I'm your co-host, JD. And I'm Billy. And this is episode four of... Two Not-So-Rad Dads. This week's podcast is sponsored by... Antonin's Garden. Yes, Antonin's Garden, where every plant makes you feel like the inside of a Talking Heads album. So make sure you jump into Antonin's Garden today and get yourself lifted. Yeah, speaking of which, what are we both smoking? Antonin's Weed! Antonin came through with this week's sponsorship and gave us a bunch of weed to smoke on today's show. So that was really cool. Thank you, Antonin. Yeah, just took a hit. That's good. You know what? I remember we were talking about when he took me into his backyard and um, I could see the crystals on that bud. Oh, yeah. And boy, it still has it. And it tastes good, man. He grew some good weed outside, man. He He really did. And that was the first time he'd ever grown weed. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. He he did a very... Well, he's got the touch, though. That guy has... yeah. He's got like skills, like yes. he can build shit, he can cook, he can, you know what I'm saying? Right. He's got those like European man skills. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like in America, it would be like hunting, fishing, you know, but the more refined European man, he can cook, he can build something in his garage where he puts his washer and dryer. Yeah. He just built a mudroom. Yep. He, He's just he like, oh yeah, I'm going to chisel out his stuff. Yeah. I'm going to just chisel out all this cement and. Yeah. Lay a new pipe in here. He's crazy. That's good weed, man. We got a great show today. We're we do. Big day today. Do some catch up. We're going to talk a little bit about the inauguration. We got an yes. email from Brett that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Um, where do you want to start? Um, Are we starting with the sleepover? Dude, let's get to it, man. That's, I mean, well, I think we should talk about the big news of oh. Joe Biden yes. getting yeah. inaugurated. How you feeling today? I, you know, I felt really, I just felt an ease and like a relief this morning when I woke up. Mm. It just was like, it was chill. I, I kind of liked that the inauguration appeared to only have 25 people at it. Like it was <laughs> like, it was a breath of fresh yeah. air to see it just kind of be like. Not a super spreader event. Yeah. And yeah. And just just to chill like it was chill like i don't know any other way to describe it but that but it was just you know yep. it wasn't overpacked it wasn't like usa down your throat it was i mean it was different and um it felt it felt good you know yep. how about you i was like i was think i was telling you yesterday and the day before i was a bit um I was kind of nervous coming into today. Yeah. I thought that there might be some sort of violence or protests or things at state capitals. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And I think just generally, I'm so relieved. I mean, I definitely got 
a little bit of tear in my eye seeing Kamala Harris and her husband and her husband's kids who are her stepchildren mm-hmm. um, walking into the White House. And it's like her stepdaughter, if I was like a young kid, I would be like, oh, my God, she's so cute. She's like geeky with like glasses oh, okay. and tall and then the stepbrother looks like some nerdy kid, but uh-huh. kind of cool. And I just, it's like in comparison to like Baron Trump, you know, yep. and just Joe, Pe- uh, Joe Pence, uh, Mike Pence's kids. There's just, you know, that's my people, man. And yeah. I, I know everything's not solved. I kind of feel like a runner at the end of a marathon. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm just relieved that it's over. Right. I can't celebrate because so many people were hurt. And we really lost so much progress in mm-hmm. climate change yeah. and equality. And there's just, it was not a fun four years for anyone, no. you know, and I'm not, you know, you, we've talked about digging in the dirt before with your own feelings and sometimes the country has to do it. And maybe that's what we were doing. Yeah. Either way, it was unpleasant. Um, yeah. And I just look forward to people calming down and I look forward to us doing like eight podcasts in a row where we don't even mention who the president is because right. it's an adult and he can do his fucking job. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm definitely <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm, you know, I the job. Yeah. I'm hoping that it kind of cuts down my phone addiction. I think when Trump first got hired, I, yes. every morning was looking on my phone to see if he was going to be fired that day. Like <laughs> literally the next day, like, did they fire him yet? Did I, they fire him yet? Um, yeah. And now four years go by and I'm like, whoa, I look at my phone all the time because of this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm just a, as addicted to that man as his followers are in some ways with how yep. I was always like trying to like catch a headline about it. It wasn't even reading all the articles. It was just catching a headline. Yeah. Like that became my dopamine. Yeah. And so I'm excited and it takes to time away from the kids. Totally. You know? I think, I mean, I can remember, I think I spent the first six months of Trump's, uh, presidency totally addicted on the phone and not and ignoring Lachlan and not spending yeah. enough time with him. And I mean, I still spent a shitload of time with him, but and uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, my mm-hmm. my phone addiction has gone way down in the last like year and a half. What'd you do to cut it? Just conscious, being conscious yeah. about it. Just being like, aware that it was a problem. If I feel myself going to look at the phone for no reason, I just say no. Mm. Because and admitting I have a problem is right. the first step. Yes, that's huge. I do. I yeah. I'm get it's it's um, it's almost a physical thing like you feel Mm -hmm. the motion you know and uh i just yeah i've cut it down a lot man yeah i mean because what i used to do is scroll a lot comment scroll now what i do is i i literally i erase the app from my phone Mm. when i'm not using it Mm -hmm. so if i want to use facebook or twitter i have to go load the app i comment and then i erase it interesting so even if i made five comments in a day. Right. I was only on Facebook for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I look at what people said. I make a comment then I erase the app. Interesting. So I'm never sitting there just scrolling. Yeah. Cause I go to just do the scroll of death. Yeah, I don't. And then I'm I like, I go through the app. I'm like, okay, I start at this app and then I go to that app. Yeah. And then, and then I'm just like, <laughs> and I got to work through them. Oh, I haven't checked this one in a while. And it's just like, 
you know, like following Bitcoin's numbers, like I said on the last podcast, I think I check it like five times a day, if not more, just to watch where that number goes. And that and five times is probably a low number. It's probably a lot higher than that. Do your kids yell at you about it? Do they ever say put? Your oh, phone you know down? what? I I don't think that they yell at me about it, but they definitely I do catch them trying to get my attention from it for Lachlan sure. And just says it to me. You know, my dog Chusey. Anytime oh, I hold that phone in front of me, she starts to bark at me. And me and Erica were like, "What is she barking at?" And I think I started to notice. That. I was the like, "Demons, dude, she's like, fuck your phone, pet me, fuck your phone, throw the ball." And um. I kind of learned, I kind of realized a lot of that today. And so this, maybe this episode is my, like, my stand, like, I have a phone addiction. Just erase the will, apps, dude. Do I will address I, it from today forward. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. It, that's what worked for me is I finally just, era- just erased them. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with Facebook, you can just come up with a number and quickly log back in. Yeah, Twitter, you put your email or your whatever, but I hardly ever go on Twitter anymore uh-huh. because I just, I became such less of a fan of social media and Twitter, even though people say Facebook is more toxic for me, Twitter is because it's totally public Yeah, where Facebook 99% of the posts I put are just for the 200 or 300 friends I have. Plus, out of that, probably only 50 or 60 of them are even following me. They're probably sick of my bullshit already. Right. So it's just like sh- like family, friends, pictures of Lachlan, like stuff like that that mm-hmm. I do. And yeah. Ju- and just also just to stuff. rant, you know, like, mm-hmm. fuck Trump. Fuck yeah, these motherfuckers. Your soapbox when you need yeah, it. Yeah, just a stupid. Yeah, just a venting tool. Like, yep. I know it's not. I'm not changing anybody's mind. Right. I'm not trying to be um, a keyboard warrior. Right. I'm just getting energy out. Right. You know, and people, and then feels good to hit send. Yeah. And then a lot (laughs) of times I have a good friend like DJ Tim Hines. He'll put, he'll say something really stupid and funny. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, this is why I love you, man. Because I was like pissed for a second. And then you say something stupid and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just nice to have, have friends like that to bring you back. Yeah. Bring you back to reality. Totally. Yeah. I never, never really did Twitter been off facebook for years but instagram's like the one that i have a hard time of not doing only because my industry kind of depends on it too like oh that's the as a photographer i'm like oh i'm always like trying to put as many images out to the world in terms of trying to bring in new clients or whatever and yeah it's hard and you know the last year i i'm on the app a lot but i don't post on the app a lot i just like look and I, and I like looking, I like, I soak up a lot that way, but not really sharing, but it just doing that just eats your time. It does. It's a time. And, and it yeah. mostly it takes away for me. If I was single or whatever, I'd be like, who gives a fuck, you know? Right. But it, or if that's how you get your socialization. But for me, most importantly, it takes time away that I could just be like sitting there with my son or my wife or even my own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm still guilty of going on it and I think, but I think as time goes on, you know, I think social media will become more fun because I think people are starting to learn a little bit more about it. And I hope the thing that happens really is that it becomes less important 
because it really yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Like, Twitter is not people. Right. Twitter is not humanity. Facebook is not humanity. Right. It's such, I know so many people who are not on it at all mm-hmm. and their opinions are just as valid as everyone else's. Yeah. And nobody's changing the world by a tweet. Right. Everyone, how, you know, people consider their community within social media, their community more than the community that they actually live in. Yeah. Well, Hey, I have a lot of friends that I haven't even met through podcasting and people listening now that I've talked to that. I talk to more than my family. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, but it, it extended past social media. Right. Right. I can text a person, I DM or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a relationship that's just based on social media. Who cares? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't, it doesn't really, they're nice. I, I like people and I've met people that way, but I always see that only as the first level of contact. Right. You it's know not a I mean? tangible relationship. Yeah. Once you hit the DM text phase or whatever, then you don't need the social media. Yeah. To just that, slip you know? into them DM. Yeah, exactly, baby. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. Let's All right. Talk, I want to so, talk about the sleepover. How yes. Sleepover okay. Now? Sleepover. My kids slept over at my house, your house with your two boys. Our first time having someone sleep over at our house. The oh, kids okay. have only like spent the night at grandparents' house. They've never slept over at another kid's house. So it was a big deal. Um, a couple days leading up to it, my boys were um, terrible. They were just like not behaving. Oh, yeah. And yep. we were having a lot of battles. And I was just like, hey, dudes, do you want Lachlan to come over and like spend the night? Because it was like, it was close to being taken off the table. And, you know, I realized that if I would have taken that off of the table, I would have had a way I would have had a lot more on my hands than if I would have just allowed it to still happen and dealt with them having a crappy attitude and having a sleepover. So I kind of gave in, I guess in some ways and uh, let it still go down. And I'm glad I did. I think the kids had a good time, but um, it's funny, you know, having another child in your house and then you have to like try to make them comfortable but all the kids want to do is be in the most uncomfortable position possible, right? So they're, they're like, we want to all sleep together. And I'm like, yeah. well, we have to like share the couch, you know? Yeah. And like the three of you can fit if you all lay this way. And I like turn my back. They're like in the position. I turn my back and turn back around. And now Lachlan's completely the other way. Nico's on top oh of the – it's God. just like – they do everything they can to not That's be comfortable. Funny. So then they all migrate to the floor and then no one can fall and asleep. Lo- and you were saying Lachlan was, was Lachlan being like, Nico, go get the switch. Yes. Yes. Lachlan is the director yeah. for sure. He's, a, he's like, we had, an, we had to talk about this after he got home JB, okay. because this extends past kids. This yeah. extends to his parents, uh-huh. which is that, He's an only child. Yep. He he has a dad who is very vocal and can be bossy and direct and aggressive and is from New Jersey. Right, right. And he thinks he can act that way with everybody. Yeah. And he's not at school now, so it's hard. That's the thing I've begun to learn. 
I think this year, the thing kids miss most from COVID is the socialization. It's not the education. Oh, yeah, it's totally. No, the no, socialization. they're going to they're going to learn to read yeah. uh, regardless, like whether it's they missed this year or not. But the socialization, yes, is going to make a big difference. I agree. One hundred. He, he's not getting it. So he's bossing everybody around. So right. we talked about it. Um, we had a good talk about it, actually. Yeah. He's really he's a great kid. He's receptive to it. Mm-hmm. He's receptive. So I think he's going to try to just take it back a little bit because I think also that when a child especially seeks to control so much around them, that is coming from within, right? Right. Like he's not just being a dick telling people what to do. He feels a little lost. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to organize what's in front of him. Right. You know? Right, right. So, and we talked about that. And what he's feeling lost is he misses school. Totally. I don't, I don't, I don't question that at all. Um, I don't think like Lachlan's behavior was unacceptable by any means. Like, shit, every time I'm at, I was at like my friend Chuck or Tony or Bodie's house, I was always like, dude, fucking Bodie, go get the, you know, like. Go, hey, you should you should go get us it's more cake kid or, shit. Yeah, 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 it's like it's oh, what I you didn't do. Like yell at him. We just right. had a talk about totally, it. totally, and because so it plays into it. Yeah, and, and it was just a funny observation. Me and Erica are laying in bed, and I don't think the kids realize that they can that we can hear everything that they're doing because we're like right above them, and so it's it's funny to hear them conspire and. They got to have a fun night. I think they fall, fell asleep around ten thirty or something like that. But Erica had to go in and lay in there with them to fall asleep. And That's so, cute. yeah, that was well, the only Lachlan way. Loves that he always gets, you know, mommy right reads him a story. Well, I appreciate that you did it. He had a great time. Yeah, I mean, he feel feels really comfortable with you both, and that you know. That's something because I like we even didn't let him ride his bike over because we were afraid he'd <laughs> afraid ride he'd... it back at night. You know, <laughs> yeah, he thought he was going to flee. Yeah, like if he has a bike, it's a quicker exit. Right. But that didn't happen. So, yeah, it all went well. And then I look forward to having your boys over here right here in this garage. I think once it gets warmer. Yeah, it's a little harder in our house because you have like two levels. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have actually like three. Where we just have like a living room. Right. And it's kind of hard to have three kids, you know? Totally. Um, but well, I think once it gets warmer and this room here we're in becomes an option, they can do all types of fun, like a tent even we could set up in here. Oh, dude, you, you like know? if they, if you guys for some reason are still here in like 10 years, They'll all be smoking weed in this thing. Oh, yeah. Like this is oh, like this is like they're going to grow up in this garage. It's going to be like the ch- it's the yeah. I would I love to spend the night in this garage. This garage, man. Yeah. The well, they're going to love it. In Sleepover here. went good. Sleepover went good. We fed him a bunch of carbs in the morning and sent him back to your house. And I think That's he nice. uh, went home and went straight to bed. He said he slept like only an hour oh, or two, and dude. I was like, oh god. Lachlan came home that day. Was very quiet. Then was crazy. Mm-hmm. Then cried uncontrollably for a half an hour, <laughs> then slept for three hours in the middle of the day, which never happens. Yeah. Um, it was great. And then the next day goes into my, our next story, which I wanted to ask you is it was MLK day. Oh, right. And um, or the day after that, he recovered and he went out for a, like a nature walk, social distance with his mom and grandma. 
and I had like four hours alone in the house and all I did is clean the whole time. Do you do this? Like you're, whenever I'm left alone during the day, uh-huh. I clean. If it's at uh-huh. night, if they were to go sleep over at their grandma's as pre-COVID, mm-hmm. no fucking way. I'm partying. I'm like smoking weed, having a couple beers. Right. But for some reason, whenever they leave during the day, if football isn't on, you're I just clean. I Yeah, you know, I'll pick up, but... I, you know, I, I can hear Erica laughing at me right now, like, <laughs> JD just clean. Like, so I wouldn't say that I just do you I would do clean. the cleaning at your house or does Erica? You know, we are fortunate enough that we have someone come every two weeks and do a pretty deep clean in our house. So we just, oh shit. So, um, yeah, her name's Maria and she That's nice. is amazing. And so, um, she comes and like cleans everything every two weeks. And so we just kind of pick up and I love to sweep actually. Sweeping is a therapeutic yeah. activity that I do baby. enjoy. So I, um, also, I sweep the house, you know, we got two dogs and so there's a lot of dog hair and then, um, but I'm not one to like get out and spring clean the windows or but if if Erica's like we've got to do this, then I'll stand up and do it. I've always like growing up cleaning was always such a chore that I always hated it, and it was just oh, not something that I grew up doing. You know, yeah, I totally did. My mom yeah. would wake me up Saturday morning. We would clean the house. Actually, my mom cleaned houses for a little while, and I would go help her. Okay, and um, I love it. See, I think I, having I'm that training would make it different. Yeah. I always clean, dude. Like. I keep the house. Your house is pretty tidy, dude. I like it. Our we house try. is pretty tidy. I don't like a lot of shit around, lying around on the counters and shit. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, we I, we we have big counters that yeah. just stuff ends up on sometimes. But you still, but. I think you, I think your house is neat. And I mean, I think our house is pretty, I come out and clean in the garage and do the pillows. I'm a little crazy about yeah, it. Yeah. They're so. all the pillows are chopped. If, I like doing that. Yeah. Got a good job. I'm like Frederick on yeah. Million Dollar Listing. You probably never watch that, <laughs> but I—that's what I did. Whenever I'm, and then I went on a Facebook stay-at-home dads group, and I was like, my family left for three hours. What did I do? Clean. And everybody was like, I do the same thing, man. Isn't it better? And I do. I, I do have a couple beers put on podcast. Yeah. Do the dishes, vacuum, clean the windows. I will do the dishes or uh, doing the dishes Laundry. is one that I always yeah. like. Yeah. I love, I love vacuuming too. Mm. I'm a big vacuumer. Yeah. But anyone who's lived with me knows I'm pretty much, I'm a neat freak. Actually, I, I should give a shout out to our patron and uh, my great friend, longtime friend, Derek, who is the probably when we live together, that's one thing where we really like synced. Because we both were very clean mother. Like mm. both of us wanted like a towel in the bathroom to wipe the counter down and in the kitchen too. Cause you don't like water shit all over and people spitting in the sink. You know right. what I'm saying? Like yep. Derek is clean motherfucker. And I, oh, whenever I think about a person I live with that was clean, he was very clean. My, the worst was Mike. I can't even get into that. <laughs> my friend, Mike. Oh my God. He is the worst. Lou was good. I'm trying to shout out everyone I live with. All right, let's keep yeah. it moving. What else were you going to talk about? Oh, my quick recipe. Yeah, dude, we haven't given a recipe in like two weeks. Yeah, Pe- okay. I, we've gotten a bunch of emails. People are like, we don't know what to make. 
I know. People are starving. They're hungry. They need to know, what are we cooking in a crock pot this week? This is what I got for you, people. This is called sun-dried tomato crock pot chicken. Ooh. And this comes from the fact that I love cooking in a crock pot because I can put it in there in the morning while I'm making breakfast, Mm -hmm. leave it in there all day, open up that crock pot. And dinner's ready, baby. There you go. Do you have a digital timer crock pot or oh, yeah. you like old school dial? Oh, no. This got a digital okay. number on it, tells me. Um, this one was an easy one. You just get some chicken breast, chicken tender, whatever the fuck you want. It's chicken. Right. Yep. Boning skin on or are you... Uh... Nah, bone is nasty. Bone, get, dude. Get, get the cutlets. Bone's man. where it's at. That's nah, where all the flavor's at, man. Not for chicken. Fuck I don't yeah. want to look... I don't, I don't... Chicken I'm more particular about. Mm. Got it. Chop off some of that fat or whatever, you know, throw it in there, mm-hmm. put in about a cup, because I like a lot of it, of um, that, what's that, chicken water? What's that called again? Chicken broth? Yeah, chicken broth. <laughs> chicken get water. Get your chicken water. I call it chicken water. Yeah, get that chicken water. Hey, maybe that's what they say in Jersey. Then you- I don't know. Shake a little salt and pepier in there. Yeah. Then you just go to Costco and you get that big ass jar of sun-dried tomatoes. Mm. That's got a bunch of oil and shit in there, too. Yeah. Oh, the one that's marinated in oil. Hell yeah. Yeah, okay. Then you take a big spoon. You spoon about three spoonfuls of that shit in there. Put it in there with about a pound of chicken. Yeah. Then you take some spinach. You chop that fucking spinach <laughs> up good. You're like getting angry Chop about it up this real thing. good, motherfucker. <laughs> Then you can also throw in some little ripe grape tomatoes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Little Italian seasoning, if you want to go in that direction. Okay. Little garlic. Put that thing in there for four hours. You eat that shit over some <laughs> egg noodles. Yes, egg noodles. Because I love egg noodles. Yeah, egg some noodles German are the bomb. shit too. And guess what, people? You're going to be happy. <laughs> now, end. I thought that this was like a creamy sun-dried tomato recipe. You you threw me with the chicken broth, man. Oh, the if chicken you want to add a half a cup of cream to it, you can make it Oh, creamy. and you can make it creamy. Yeah, that's easy. Man. Just throw a half pound of cream. So now, now the listeners have two recipes yeah. for this week. Make it without the cream today. So good. Make oh, and by the, the way, tomorrow. you can just take that chicken out and put beef or pork Oh, and still good. Whatever. Still good. Or if you're a vegetarian, you can go fuck yourself because I don't eat that shit. I eat meat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Vegetarian. You can, you dude, can you put know some what? soy in there. <laughs> I was just trying to continue that character of like the mean cooking guy, but I couldn't do it because I actually you're- like vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the crock pot Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> Every time really you give angry. a crock pot recipe, you have to do it as get really like angry the soup about Nazi. It. I'm fucking yeah, serious about like, this oh, recipe. Fucking spinach. Oh, you chop it up. Chop that shit up. Oh, oh but also, I always, 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 one of the reasons I like a crock pot is because the meat gets all stringy and separate, and I hate chunks. Like, I don't like wow. eating meat in chunks. Like, if I make uh, anything, I, I mash the meat into oblivion. <laughs> or I... No, I don't believe you. Or I just leave it in there until it becomes nothing. Because I hate chunks <laughs> of shit. I don't, I'm not a chunk person. 
Oh my god. Just the way I am. Wow, people. we are night and day. Night and day. Digging deep. Wow. Wow. I always I chunks of meat. Always chunks of meat. Shredded meat is only yeah. pulled pork. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I I like everything to be shredded all the time. One hundred percent of the day now when you go to a steakhouse and yeah. they bring you out a t-bone ah, but do that's you request the, it no, shredded no, no. I'll, I'll tear into that that's a little bit you're you right should, that's different. you that's should you should request it tear and i do like time. sausage sausage is where it's yeah, at man i love sausage so i mean i love going to those churrascuro houses you know what i'm talking about churrascuro houses those the brazilian oh shit. yes yeah See, that's kind of like flip the card over. That's right? like pastor, where they shave everything yeah, off. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, um, Perry took to me to that restaurant in Manhattan, the Brazilian. I think it's Curascuro or something. Maybe, right? yeah, I, I know it's it as Brazilian barbecue. Okay, and I had to take two walks around the block during the meal. during the meal. I had to take two breaks wow. just to walk it off. Wow, and then a third one at the end. Yeah. So that's actually one walk there, two during, what, four walks in total. Jesus. Just for that. And that's like around a New York block, you know? Wow. I once uh, took yeah. a sex test and could not pee into the cup. And okay. the girl I was with had to walk me around the block four times before I <laughs> to was To get you ready to pee? It's like you were ready for, That's cup. what Perry had to do before she had the baby. A lot oh, yeah. I had to walk her up and down the Pick street. Walks, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, you ready to get into Brett's email? Yeah, let's do it. Before we do Brett's email, let's take a short break while I pee-pee. Let's do it. Gotta go pee-pee, gotta go pee-pee, 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 there I go. And we're back. Oh, wow. Hey, man, that was good. You're fast. I know. That was pretty good. Um, While I was out, I I took a quick look at Facebook. Uh Uh-oh. And um, nothing to report. Nothing to report. See? Wow. New president. Nothing bad happened. Just living life. People just talking about sun-dried tomato, crock pot, <laughs> chicken. <laughs> All right. Why don't you read Brett's email? Okay. I'll read Brett's email. Give me a second. I w- you're, I'm getting caught off guard here. I didn't oh, know. I'm sorry. And, I'll, and I should say thank you, Brett, for writing in to yes. the show. Brett is a patron, a podcaster, a friend, an awesome dude. He has a young son named Quentin, uh, a lovely wife. Brett hails from the uh, Atlanta area, and um, he has written us an email here. And you, too, can reach us at two not so rad dads at gmail.com. I'd love it if we had an email every week. Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk to our people, our listeners for sure. So uh, Brett wrote me. I think I was actually watching a movie with my kids when I got the email, and it caught me off guard. I was like surprised to see that an email came through. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Nice. Uh, Brett says, um, "Been really digging your podcast." As a new dad, I have an off-topic question. As my now 14-month-old son becomes a toddler. Do you teach your kids that Santa Claus is a real magic person? Someone who watches over all the children all the time and someone who will deliver awesome gifts if only you're good. If so, has this ever conflicted with what he observes of friends, classmates that are good people but don't but don't or can't get extravagant extravagant gifts? 
or that don't celebrate Christmas? Why does Santa have different standards for different families? Is it realistic for him to be aware of our other of other families that are less fortunate or that have different beliefs, perhaps mitigating his entitlement of gifts? If you enjoy the gift exchange with your kids, is Santa a necessary lie? Even if you don't answer on the podcast, I would love to hear your advice. Y'all are rad to me. Aw, thanks, thanks, Brett. Brett. Thanks. Well, you know, we talked about this. And we decided that we're gonna we want to talk a little bit more about the Santa part and what we get into that deeper. Yeah, like even during Christmas, and that, yeah, that's something we we're gonna talk about anyway. I think right, I right off the bat, I was like, mind. "Oh yeah. man, do I want to talk about yes. Santa Claus in January?" But I do think Brett's email brings up some good points yes. that you brought up, and that is like holidays in general and how. You handle holidays of different beliefs. Do you follow the stereotypes or play into the the games like the tooth fairy, right? Do you even feel bad? You know, this is a tough one because I don't like lying to my kid, Mm -hmm. but I do make an exception specifically when it comes to Santa Claus because I love Christmas. Right. And I love Christmas because I think it's a celebration. I'm not a Christian, so I do not think it is the, um, I do not celebrate it as the um, birth of Jesus or any religiousness at all. It's a cultural American phenomenon that also, to me, connects a little bit to my Nordic roots, right? Right, Um, right. My Viking heritage, and the peoples, the Santi, the Klaus. And I, so to me, it's a fun. So I think there's a difference between lying to your kid and saying, I never did the watching you thing, Brett. I never said, like, whenever it said watching you, I, he, I always said to Lachlan specifically, nobody's watching you, bro. <laughs> nobody's watching you. I, this is, I'll tell you quickly what I, cause I got to get into the Santa part a little. I told, this is what I created a whole story. Mm-hmm. When a child is born, Santa Claus gives them a special number. It's your Santa Claus identification number. Whoa. You can enter this number on the internet or through your phone or an app even that is available <laughs> to parents directly communicate to Santa Claus leading up to Christmas. That's how he knows if you've been naughty or nice from your parents. Got it. You see? So I took the power away from Santa. Mm -hmm. Plus, I don't like the idea of my child ever thinking that some invisible thing is watching, judging, or planning his life in any way. Right. Right? I believe he has full, you know, that, that is not the way I believe things are. So... But I do talk about the Santa Claus because you know why? It's um, it's called it's magical. It's magical realism in a way. It's it's part of childhood. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with going along with some fantastical things that don't have an endpoint of if you don't believe it, you're going to hell. Right, right. But will you go out of your way to keep that story going? It's already dropped. He figured out this year. He knows there's no Santa Claus. Right. Okay. He figured it out probably last year, but he kind of plays along. Yeah. And I also say to him, I made sure to say to him directly, hey, buddy, if there comes a time that you're like, 
I don't, you know, Santa Claus isn't what Christmas is really about. Right. That's okay. You'll still get gifts. You don't have to believe in this right. to get a gift. You, we celebrate Christmas as a, also in my house because we're so into toys as we sit in a room filled with toys. Right. To me, Christmas is toy holiday. Yeah, you know? toy day for sure. So that answers for me, Brett, that's how I do it. I tell this story up to a point. I always make sure if I'm to kind of tell it to myself to see what roads I'm going down. Mm-hmm. And I try to take out the parts that I feel um, would confuse or steer my kid into a way of thinking that he's being judged in some way other than by his parents. Right. <laughs> right. Because that's the I'm, only fucking thing that should matter, really. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a good point. And you saying it, I'm like, oh, man, I'm the opposite. I use fear <laughs> and shame. <laughs> All throughout October and November and December in hopes of taming my children. Um, You know, I think Xander doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Okay. He doesn't believe in the Tooth Fairy anymore. My dad ruined Santa Claus for him because when Xander was three years old, my dad thought it was time for him to dress up as Santa Claus and knock on the door. That gets a lot of kids recognizing someone playing. And and my dad just goes... They never get That's over it. That's Papa. Yeah. You know, and ruined it. And so, um, but you know, who cares? Like my dad had a great time doing that. Yeah. And when I grew up as a kid, we would all go to my great grandmother and grandmother's house, Nona and Granny, and me and my cousins, Mike and Ron and my cousin, Randy and Ryan and my sister would all sit in the living room. We'd eat either like Italian deli meats or we'd eat uh, enchiladas. Nice. And my grandma, great grandmother's from Italy, and so it was like, oh. it, yeah. Or we had like a spaghetti with bolognese, but oh. I don't really think that was ever uh, Christmas. It was always like Italian lunch meats. Yeah. It was I'm really from New good. Jersey, Anyways, so Italian food is part of every holiday, right? Yes, yes. In Southern California, it's Mexican food. Yep. But um, so anyway, so then one of the uncles would slip out the back door, and they'd stomp their way up the stairs, and then they would ask each kid. Michael, have you been good this year? And each kid would be like, yeah, I have been good. And I swear, we did that shit till we were like 18. I, I mean, not really, but I feel like we did it for a lot longer than my kids are believing it. And so I think my dad was just trying to do something similar to that. Yeah. But they have glass doors and Xander could just see right through it. And Xander, and also all of a sudden Papa's gone. So he was too smart for it. So he didn't believe that. This year when he lost a tooth, or I think it was the last tooth or two teeth ago, he's like dad, I know it's you that puts the money under my pillow. And I was like, well, do you still want me to put money under your pillow? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, okay, then leave a tooth. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, See, play along. Yeah. But that's, he we did. do do Elf on the Shelf at the house. Oh, okay. And Weird. that thing fucking sucks. Yeah, we never me did that. Me and Erica both hate the hell out of it. But for some reason, every year we do it. And we like every year we're like, that elf is fucking watching you and you better you better behave. And like, it's not until I hear you talk about it that I'm like, oh my God, why do I do that to my children? <laughs> See, this is just the thing, JD, is that my father was raised Irish Catholic. Uh-huh. And I was raised Irish Catholic to a point because my parents divorced. So my father didn't have much of a say about whether we were going to church Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Right. Um, And that thing of 
God is watching you. Like that, oh, that is ever present, that type of paranoia mm-hmm. in his brand of that, my family's brand of Catholicism. So for me, as I became older and I saw how that was ingrained in the Santa Claus myth too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. As a way, a thing of control mm-hmm. said, I can't do that because, again, I'm a toy person. I just am. I love fucking toys. I want to be a toy designer when I was a kid. This my house is. I build toys. I make. I'm making a Lego city where I sit right now. So I. So the Santa thing, Brett. It's like, is it a necessary lie? No, I don't think so. No, nope. I know a lot of kids who didn't grow up. I grew up in a town that was half Jewish, half Catholic, right. and so many of my Jewish friends celebrated Christmas. My friend Seth was a Luther Jew, he called himself, and he, they had a big Christmas tree and a menorah, and he didn't think that, uh, you know, the dreidel fairy was coming out, and he didn't think there was a Santa Claus. I remember we were kids. He's like, there's no Santa Claus, you know? Yep. It's. I think it's part of fantasy. It teaches a kid fantasy. A yeah, it's imagination. Bit. Yeah, exactly. It's imagination. Imagination. And I think if you, sp- it's all how you spin it. Right. You know. Yeah, but I think we can all agree. Do not take your kid to the mall and put it on a strange man's lap no, and take no, a no. picture. We never did that. Do not. I think do actually that once shit. I did a. A, like a Santa picture with him. Yeah. He was never into it. If I could see one tradition of Christmas go out the window, it'd be that one. Yeah. Santa yeah. diddling the kid on yeah. Christmas Eve. Oh, but there's one other part that Brett asks about the equality angle. Yeah. And I do talk about that with Lachlan a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I say is, you know, there's a lot of people who don't get any Christmas gifts. Yeah. And he'd say, why? Santa doesn't love them? And that's where my whole fabrication comes in, okay? Yep. Which is, well, their parents didn't have enough money to deposit in the account. And though Santa tries to give out as much free toys as he can, <laughs> right? <laughs> And even though we checked the box to donate 10% of our tides to those who can't afford, there's still those who don't get on Christmas. No, I really do come up with something. I just, because I do, I don't know. I find it as an opportunity to create my own weird stories. Yeah. Anytime you can lie to your kids in that fun way, it's so much fun. Exactly. And like they, they're going to grow up and realize that it's, it's sarcasm and it's what is going to help fuel their sense Uh, of humor. And I don't go too far. That's why you're asking Brett, like, I don't sit there going up every week. You better be good. Christmas is coming up. I'm telling Santa. Like, I'll do every once in a while when he was a kid, I might pull that. Mm-hmm. But I'll pull that as often as I will. Like, you can't play with the Xbox. Or you can't, right. you know. Right, totally. So it's just not. I think as a parent, I find it's how you keep that general. That general focus is more important than like, I'm lying to my kid about Santa. Yeah. You know? Well, you know what we did for Easter this year? Is we had the kids make their own bunny traps in the backyard. See that's and so fun. they got like See, milk lugs yeah. 
like milk, uh, you know, that milk gets delivered in and like a stick and they had had their string and they'd set up these little traps. And in the morning they woke up and we had dead bunnies in the traps for them. And they got to parade the dead bunnies around the house. And then we taught them how to gut the bunnies. And they, no, we didn't do all that shit. (laughs) But they had their like, they had their like, yeah, they had like their little Easter, Easter baskets in the traps and they they loved it. And I feel like stuff like that, they'll probably do that for more years in a row than they will like wanting to like believe in the Easter bunny, you know, like, but the idea of like, Hey, we're going to hide some shit in the backyard. Don't go back there yet. You know, like I think that if you just make it like the game's fun still, then the kids are going to enjoy it longer and you're, and you as a parent can enjoy it longer. And, And there's no point like, like, listen, like I said, I'm not Christian. There, and uh, of course, in my younger days before I had a kid, I thought to myself, like, we're not even going to celebrate Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or like, I don't agree with this. But the truth of the matter is we live in America. Everybody celebrates Christmas. It's on TV. It's a part of our culture. There's plenty of films, a Christmas story, Elf, that have nothing to do with religion. Right. It shows that it's a cultural, it's of cultural significance, mm-hmm. not religious. And if it's of religious, that's cool for you, but it doesn't have to be. Right. So why not have fun with it? And it's a thing you can enjoy with other people and you can make it something meaningful because what does it really come from? It comes from the end of the harvest, right? Right. It comes from a time when people had to come together to share food because of winter. Right. And people died. Right. So... It's kind of in our DNA, in a sense, mm-hmm. right? To celebrate it as human beings, right? And it was okay to just jump into someone's chimney and come out down the bottom exactly, and eat their right. cookies and milk, right? Exactly. Yeah, take the cookies. Thanks for that email, though. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, Brett. Yeah. I, I like to hear, Brett. I'd love to hear um, during Christmas time. Write us and tell us what you decided, right? In what way? Because I know I think your your son is really young so when you get to the you know what you've kind of what track you put yourself on mm-hmm. when we get to christmas we'll still be doing this pod and christmas yeah we'll christmas. talk about it because i it'd be fun to talk about like uh what kind of money uh money limits do you set for christmas for the kids right oh, like, like do you do kind of that kind of, of stuff yeah. and Which yeah we can like dive into a bunch of christmas podcasts man, because like i said i'm a toy feet i mean right my big christmas gift was a lego train for me for you. <laughs> not for the kid that was yeah. for me motherfucker yeah. he was like can i build one no you got your own legos kid we always buy the kids expensive shit during the middle of the year for no goddamn reason and then I mean, christmas come comes on. and i'm like all right uh we're gonna get you a couple legos but your grandparents are gonna come through yeah you know yeah, that's when I know. that's how they get it grandparents hook them up yeah but yeah that's a good email brett thank you for writing us we really appreciate it and if uh if you just have any question, shoot us an email at two. That's the number two, not so rad dads at yep. gmail.com. All right, that's it. Let's do the outro, baby. Dude, let's do the outro. Oh, um, I just wanted to s- share one good quote that I heard from today oh, from yeah. the Reverend Al Sharpton. And I had to, I heard it and I was just like, oh man. I am going to have to talk about this. Uh, He said, pettiness caught a flight 
to Florida. I love it. I thought that was so good. So, hey, we still want to know how many of you parents are raising your kids to be competitive. So send us some emails. And whether you're a parent or not, just write us and let us know. Is being competitive a trait that you desired as a child? Or do you wish that your parents didn't push you in that direction? And we'll uh, discuss your emails next week with one of my favorite human beings, Andy Hung. Andy is a sensei at Portland Judo. And he is also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Damn. He uh, is the owner of Dojo Outfitters. I have called him a sensei. I have called him a client. And I feel like now I get to call him a friend. Damn. He's an amazing Trifecta. dude. Yeah, he is. Oh, man. I love having conversations with this guy. He just had a baby this year, or this past year. So he's new to dads. And uh, I thought he would be a great person to talk about competition and competitiveness because that's what this man does. You know, he's competed yeah. at like, a, I think, a world class level. I know he was just inches away from making the Olympics. So, um, It'd be cool to hear what he has to say. Yep, definitely. Because so send you us and, your questions. You and I always have, we have different, I'm just not very competitive. I don't, and you're, you're more competitive. You have a fire in you to, oh, yeah. to do things and like with sports and complete things like that where I get, I, I don't, there's just something about, I don't know. I think it's, that's why I want to talk about this. Cause I totally. think I have competitive in me. I think it's just, honestly, the jets beat it the fuck out of my very spirit and soul. <laughs> and I have to stop saying I'm a jets fan all the time. And then maybe I'll feel like a winner one day and I'll compete and I'll dominate. Well, Hey, if it makes you feel any better, Andy is a huge giants fan. The New York Giants? Yes. This motherfucker is ready for it. coming on our podcast. He thinks he's coming on my podcast talking about the Giants. And now I'm going to uh, see I'm, this is how non-competitive I am. You, Ever since I left New York, I like the Giants because there's New York. Oh. I used to hate them. See, well, you'll have something in common. Now I cheer for them. You're going to love them. Well, at least he likes New York. All right. Make sure also to leave us a review. We appreciate it. We got five. By next podcast, we'd like to have 3,000. Right. So get on it, people. Um, press subscribe. We promise to keep bringing you our sensual voices every week to help you become a not so rad dad just like us. Peace. Peace. All right, so we've decided to postpone the podcast because of this noise, and yes. we'll later we'll find out if we made the right choice. Four seasons gardening <laughs> has come to our house and Let's, set up shop right across the street. Let's see if we can hear. I'm convinced that that's that the mic is picking that up. That's pretty oh, loud. Sure. All right, we'll be back.